everyone. Uh, welcome into a new podcast that I'm starting called uh, Hang the Banner. I'm Colby Wilkerson, and uh, it's just going to be me on this episode, but I will have uh, some friends join in from time to time talking about uh, sports that are going around the country. Uh, right now, I'm going to be talking about basketball, but we'll also in the future talk about in the NFL, college football, maybe some NBA, um, college basketball, which is obviously in season right now, but again, in the you know, the start in the fall, and then just general sports news is going around the country and breaking down that and giving our predictions, picks, breakdowns of games going on, and all that good sports news that uh, you love to hear. So uh, in this one, I'll be breaking down the recent SEC Big 12 challenge and just kind of my thoughts and opinions uh, from what I saw. Uh, I caught most of the games and then highlights for all the rest that I couldn't see live as there was plenty going on at the exact same time and I only had so many TVs but um, <clears throat> so the first game of the of the challenge was in the morning LSU versus TCU's 11 a.m. tip over, uh, for central time and uh, I think the pregame line was LSU minus three and it ended up being a TCU upset at home they won 77 to 68 um, and it's kind of my general thoughts on that one LSU struggles to score uh, on offense for long periods of time. Uh, it just seems like they go really cold. Uh, it's, it's, I've seen them multiple times this season go for extremely long periods and stretches with just out any points. I think you know at the SEC opener against Auburn, they had um, one point in the first nine or so minutes of that game, dropped down eighteen to one to start. And while they played good for the rest of the game, they you know it's hard to win, especially against uh, number one Auburn. Uh, when you start down 18-1 to 1 and you go nine minutes to that point. Uh, very similar kind of stuff in this one. They lost to Arkansas. I think they went the last nine minutes of the game with only two points. So, I mean, it's just kind of a trend. Uh, <clears throat> now, obviously, they have injury problems. As Xavier Pinson, who did play in this one, but he was on a minutes restriction. So that is big for them kind of going forward that he's starting to come back. So and kind of their offensive struggle started around when Xavier Pinson went out, I believe, against Kentucky. And then uh, Darius Days also injured. He's he's been trying to play, but it just he's not himself, especially on the offensive end. Uh, but they're a very good defensive team. Uh, they still got that going, but just when they go for long periods of time like that, uh, it's going to be hard to win. Um, some extra notes, kind of just box score related. Uh, O'Bannon scored uh, 16 of his career 19 points, career high 19 points after halftime and three of them were like on back to back to back three pointers is that's when they kind of jumped out to a big lead uh so tennessee or tcu i'm sorry moves to 14 and 4 on the season lsu drops to 16 and 5 and honestly this is a much needed win for tcu is um you know it's a big tournament resume builder for them lsu is a lot more comfortable than tcu was in terms of bracketology so not as big and plus with with players being injured it's not a terrible loss uh for lsu but uh so that's the first game we move on to kind of missouri versus iowa state i believe it was one of the three games that tipped at one central iowa state was a ten and a half point favorite pregame um and iowa state ended up covering that and winning 67 to 50 as the final um i believe it was close in the first half so Iowa State was up three at halftime, but they come out in the second half and shot 
Uh, they also added 23 points off of turnovers, while Missouri was only able to capitalize for 7 points off of Iowa State's turnovers, which led to a 17-point win for Iowa State. And I believe Missouri missed 10 of their first 11 shots or so in the uh, start of the second half, and uh, Iowa State capitalized and went on a 15-0 scoring run and so to build their lead, and from there never really gave up on it. Uh, not too surprising. Missouri's been kind of back and forth. You never know which team you're going to get, I guess, and Iowa State playing pretty well. So Iowa State moves to 16-5 and on the season, while Missouri drops to 8-12. and and that's, I mean, it's pretty much what we ex- I expected uh, going into that one. I wasn't too high on Missouri going in. But you never know with that team. They play a whole lot better than they do at home, or better at home than they do on the road. So going to Iowa State, I figured it would be a tough place to play. And I uh, expected Iowa State to win that one, so not too surprising. Uh, moving on, we have Arkansas and West Virginia. Arkansas was a, an eight-point favorite pregame. And they ended up winning 77 to 68, so barely covering that by nine points, or by one point, winning by nine. Uh, to that one, Arkansas won the rebounding boards 44. Arkansas won the rebounding battle 44 to 26, uh, and they also shot 28 to 34 at the free throw line compared to 15 for 21 for Western Kentucky. So they shot 13 more. Uh, fouls sometimes tell the story of the game, but obviously doesn't mean necessarily officials uh, are you know favoring one team. Maybe just one team's playing way way more physical, and they're just getting called for it. Arkansas led by as many as 19 in the second half, but that was trimmed down to I believe five uh, after West Virginia was able to go on a 13-0 run uh, to make it 54 to 49, I believe. But um, Obviously, the Razorbacks ended up pulling away uh, as they were able to answer that. They went on an 8-0 run of their own in the second half, uh, extending it out back and ended up winning 68-77. to That was the... uh, That was the Arkansas' sixth straight win, so that's uh, they've kind of gotten a little hot here recently, especially after their 0-3 start in SEC play, which is much needed. There was... A lot of worry around the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, basketball team after high expectations after their March Madness run last season, but they they get that and they improve to 16 and five. West Virginia drops to 13 and seven. So barely covering. Sportsbooks kind of had it pretty close on the uh, pregame odds, and they were able to win it at home. Where Arkansas is 12 and one this season at home, so. Tough place to play, and uh, they get a good win. <clears throat> so moving on to the next game is Auburn versus Oklahoma. Uh, the number one team in the country, Auburn, was a 10.5-point pregame favorite. They ended up winning 86-68, to covering that spread pretty easily. Uh, Auburn out-rebounded Oklahoma 41-29. to uh, Walker Kessler came up big uh, once again, as he has many games this season. As he scored 21 points and had nine rebounds, while the potential number one overall pick Jabari Smith had 23 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, I can't see him going any lower than third. Uh, you can argue if you want number one or number two, number three. I personally have him number one, but I could be a little biased there. Uh, let's see, Auburn won 16 and nine and points off turnovers uh, in that margin. 
And it was a game that uh, most people kind of could see if Auburn played like they did against Missouri earlier in the week where they just struggled to shoot and score the ball, uh, that Oklahoma defensively and you know could kind of stick around. Uh, they weren't really able to do that much. I believe they cut it to kind of close in the second half when they cut the score down to 50-47. to 47. But uh, some tough offensive rebounds from Devin Cambridge, who has been huge this week at both this game and against Missouri on the offensive boards. And then some great offensive and defensive plays by Katie Johnson, who's just a psychopath out there playing the game. They were able to extend that lead back up and win pretty comfortably. As they continue to try to hold on that number one ranking, uh, they were able to do so. So the top team in the country moves to 20-1 and one on the season, while Oklahoma drops to 13-8. and eight. So uh, Auburn clearly trying to position themselves and doing pretty well at for the number one overall seed, or at least just a one seed going into the tournament if they can keep winning. And they're obviously uh, looking to capture an SEC regular season title and SEC tournament title along the way. Pretty much there, kind of what was expected. Um, not too many surprises. Uh, Oklahoma pretty much needed a bad shooting night to kind of stick around, and they didn't get one. And honestly, in the environment that they have in Auburn Arena, I don't see Auburn losing at home very often. I feel like when they trip up during the regular season, it will most likely be on the road. But in that environment, it's, it's tough to, to lose a game. Especially, I mean, if Kentucky couldn't do it, I have a hard time finding somebody else, especially with the way they're playing right now. But moving on to the uh, the next game is one of the 3 o'clock games, Alabama versus number 4 Baylor. Baylor closes a 3-point favorite pregame, and Alabama pulled off the upset at their home arena 87-78 to final. Uh, looking at the numbers, Bama shot 59% from the floor and was 22 for 27 on 2-point shots. Uh, Baylor just... Struggled keeping them out of the lane, staying in front of them, and, and Alabama took advantage. They, uh, Baylor also had turnover troubles as Bama was able to capitalize and score 24 points off the turnovers. But Baylor's leading scorer uh, average, uh, LJ Cryer, did not play, so that kind of does affect how uh, Baylor's offense ran. And honestly, watching the game, it felt like every time Baylor crept up and got it close, and I was it four or three points was as close as they got it in the second half as Bama led the majority of the time. It would be right back to kind of how Bama built the lead of just driving down the lane. Uh, Baylor not able to stop them. They would drive in, get a foul, get a dunk, get an easy layup, or make a three as they kind of shot better than they had in previous games, and, and Baylor would just kind of start turning the ball over again, and they'd build that lead back up. And it was a great win for Alabama, a much-needed win as they have a really tough stretch coming up with a road trip at Auburn, and then they play Kentucky Saturday. So it was much needed to get off with a, a win here against a top-ranked team in uh, the Baylor Bears and the reigning national champs. So and it definitely helps their resume after they just stumbled in the during the week as they lost at Georgia, one of the worst teams in the country. So that's about how Alabama's been this year with their top wins against Gonzaga and Houston, and now they add Baylor to that, but just baffling losses against Missouri and Georgia. Never know which team's going to show up, um, especially offensively. Defensively, they kind of are around the same mark, but offensively, you don't know if they're just going to be able to shoot the lights out and be able to just score and run up and down with you and, and just run you out of the gym, But or if they show up and they can't find ways to score and get leads. 
and it doesn't matter who they're playing, whether it's Gonzaga or Baylor or Georgia or Missouri. So just a hard team to figure out. They've got a tough stretch. They can try to turn it around and definitely help their resume out and potential seeding if they could maybe go two and three in the stretch of Baylor, Auburn, and Kentucky. Then go or two and one. I'm sorry. Then go two and one against Auburn and Kentucky and Baylor in this three-game stretch. They can really improve their resume. But for now, they improved to 14 and seven after the win, and Baylor drops to 18 and three. Uh, next game was Florida versus Oklahoma State, where Florida was a three-game or Florida was a three-point favorite pregame, and Florida covered that, winning 81 to 72. Oklahoma State was up 13 points at halftime, but Florida outscored them 49 to 27 in the second half. Uh, Florida ended up going 33 for 41 at the free throw line, while Oklahoma State was just 12 of 19. So clearly a, a big advantage at the free throw line there for the Florida Gators. Tyree Appleby of Florida scored a season-high 21 points, 13 of those coming in the second half when they made their comeback. As they trailed by as many as 16 points, I believe, at one point in the first half. <clears throat> and they saw they, The Gators shot 50% from the floor in the second half and forced 12 turnovers, so... Much improved play from the Gators in the second half. They've been kind of a tough team to figure out as they kind of sit right around the bubble right now. But you also got to remember Colin Castleton's still out. Uh, and that's a big part of their offense and, you know, definitely determines how far that this Florida team can go, whether during the regular season and postseason. So they hope to get him back soon. But Florida, other than starting really slow, kind of played how I expected them to if they just could have done it over the course of the game. But... You can't be down like that against everyone. You've got to have better starts for Florida to keep improving if they want a chance at the tournament. But they improved to 13-8 and on the season. Oklahoma State drops to 10-10. and <clears throat> Moving on, we have Ole Miss versus Kansas State. Kansas State closes a one-point favorite, so essentially a pick Um Mark Smith for Kansas State had 20 points and 16 boards, but that wasn't enough. Uh, to get the win, Deshaun Ruffin scored 13 points in the second half, and Ole Miss was plus 10 on the boards. This game was kind of a back and forth of runs, but it's just Ole Miss ended up having more runs than Kansas State did, and was able to extend those runs for longer periods of time than Kansas State. Kansas State only shot 30% from the floor, while Ole Miss shot 45%, but Kansas State also put up 12 more shots than Ole Miss, is 63 to 51. Uh, as like I said earlier, Ole Miss won the rebounding battle by 10, 43 to 33. Turnovers were pretty much the same. It's just a, a game of runs where Deshaun Ruffin was able to, you know, score well in the second half and get things going, and ended up getting a very nice win for Ole Miss, 67 to 56. And they improved to 11 and 10 on the year as Kansas State drops to 10 and 10. Moving forward to probably the biggest. Game of the night, the most hyped game of the night, Kentucky versus Kansas. Two Blue Bloods, the top two winningest programs of in all of college basketball. It was in at Kansas where they were a five-point favorite pregame. But it was a dominant Kentucky win. They won 80-62 to on the road. And Kentucky's playing just as good as anybody in the country right now, especially with uh, Ty Ty Washington coming back uh, from his injury from last weekend. But really the story was Keon Brooks in this game. He had a career-high 27 points, and Oscar Shibwe just absolutely dominated 
Kansas pretty much the entire game. He finished with 17 points and 14 rebounds. Kentucky was up 20 at the half, 51 to 31. This game was really never even that close. It just seemed like Kentucky was a much more physical team than Kansas, and Kansas wasn't prepared for Shibwe in the you know in the paint and how to stop then. You throw in the fact that Keon Brooks is lighting it up, dropping 27, and Kentucky gets a a very good win on the road against a top team in the country, winning by 18. So where they really Kansas was never really even a threat to to win this game. So. Kentucky coming off of the loss last weekend at Auburn, and that kind of puts them in second place in the SEC, but still a long stretch to go. But really looking at both Auburn and Kentucky from this one, both teams are good enough to go to the Final Four and win the whole thing. Uh, The concern for Kentucky for me is just their depth, Uh, especially you kind of see it with when Ty Ty Washington went out hurt uh, against Auburn. They really didn't have, you know, anywhere else to go to other than Shibwe. So the depth there, and that's kind of the difference Auburn won that game, is they have a whole lot more depth. But Kentucky just, if if they show up for a game and Ty Ty Washington's off, Keon Brooks isn't really scoring, Kellen Grady isn't, uh, you know, scoring at his average, and you're just kind of having to rely on Oscar Shibway. While all their players are great players, it's just you got to have them healthy, you got to have them on, and they can go all the way. So um, it worries me a little bit with how deep they can go with their depth. But right now, nobody's playing better than Kentucky, and it's just a great win. So if they keep playing like this, they can win the whole thing. Uh, Moving forward to Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Texas Tech was a 7-point favorite pregame, and they had a dominant 26-point win, 76-50. Texas Tech shot 61% for the entire game and won the points off turnovers margin 24-11. They outscored Mississippi State 44 to 16 in the paint. It's just State just really didn't have an answer for them. Um, Adonis Arms, I hope I'm saying that correctly, had seven assists while Mississippi State only had eight as the entire team. Uh, Mississippi State, another one of those teams, I kind of had them grouped up with kind of Florida in the aspect that um, they're they're a good team and they can get some good quality wins, but they can also show up and just. Uh, not even look like they're just as competitive as some of these other teams. So uh, they're going to have to close out the SEC stretch uh, well if they're going to want a chance at the tournament. Uh, But that was a tough win for something they could have really gotten a good resume builder with the win against Texas Tech, and they really didn't even look that competitive against it. So they dropped to 13-7 while Texas Tech moves to 16-5. And then for the final SEC Big 12 Challenge game of the night was Tennessee versus Texas. Texas closed as a three-and-a-half point favorite, and uh, Rick Barnes returned to Texas. And uh, Texas got just squeaked out a win, 52-51 to at home. Uh, kind of thoughts, Tennessee's like LSU to me. They, they struggle to score for long stretches. Both of those teams have really good defenses, and their defensive, defensive play keeps them in a lot of games but when they just go so long without scoring it's hard to it's hard to win so i mean texas was up 51 to 37 with four minutes and 49 seconds left and if you've only got 37 points less than five minutes to go in the entire game so 35 out of the 40 minutes played and you only have 37 points it's going to be hard to win it's just i mean it doesn't matter how good your defense is 37 points with that much time left is just difficult to win. But they were able to come back from that point. They 
come down. Uh, they rallied from 17 points down in the second half to tie it at 51. And um, set up Timmy Allen at the free throw line as he hit the game winner with six seconds left to go at 52-51. Tennessee had a shot to, to hit a winner game winner three themselves, but unable to hit as Rick Barnes loses in his return. Tennessee forced 19 turnovers and held Texas to just 37 shots compared to them shooting 53. But like I said, Tennessee struggling to score for long periods of time has cost them an end, even with their big run at the end to come back and tie it. If their offense could play like it did in that final 4 minutes and 49 seconds stretch from that point to come back and tie it at 51, they could beat anybody. I could sit here and say they're just as good as Kentucky with their defense and if their offense was efficient as they were there towards the end of the game for an entire 40 minutes, then I could sit here and say that, yeah, they could they could beat most people in the country and be a top team and could go deep in the tournament. But was just struggling to score like that for long stretches, it's, it's going to be tough. They can turn it around, obviously. Some games they can come out and shoot hot, but they're, they're just going to have to find ways to score more efficiently. So Tennessee drops to 14-6. and six. They still have good resume-building wins, uh, like against Arizona in the year, who's one of the top teams in the country. And uh, so they're, they should be okay right now in terms of getting into the tournament, obviously. Uh, seeding probably got hurt with a loss like this. Texas improves to 16-5, so no means are they a bad team, especially playing in the Big 12. But I, I just don't see Tennessee going really deep if their offense still struggles like this throughout the season. Uh, so that was it for the entire SEC Big 12 Challenge. SEC won this year 6-4. Uh, to four. So I believe that puts the SEC Big 12 record at 4-3-2 in favor of the Big 12. But it's been kind of dominated by the SEC in recent years. Uh, just real quick, I want to mention the games uh, Vandy and Georgia in the SEC, as uh, I do kind of focus on SEC ball mostly for, for college basketball. But Vandy beats Georgia 85-77. to Not much of a surprise there. Uh, Georgia, one of the worst teams in the, in the SEC. Uh, I really didn't expect them to win many games at all in the conference, if any, but they turned around and beat Alabama just this week. And then the very next game, Alabama beats number four Baylor. So... That kind of tells me more about Alabama than it does Georgia. And like you said, sometimes you can just show up and, and have a good night. And that's kind of what happens. But South Carolina went on the road to play Texas A&M and got a win 74-63. to And that one is, is big, uh, big surprising to me as A&M was starting up towards the top of the SEC. And you kind of look, they were still kind of on the bubble as their net ranking was pretty low as they just really didn't have any good signature wins. Hadn't really played that difficult of a stretch to get, but I believe they were 15-2 and two at one point. But losing a home game against South Carolina by 11 points, that's tough, and that really kind of shows you the net rankings know kind of what they're doing and how they work. So uh, A&M, it struggles. That one hurts as they were on the bubble. They really needed those type of wins and to pull off some upsets along the way. They almost beat Kentucky at home a couple weeks ago. Uh, losing by only a couple. I can't remember that exact score, but they dropped this one by 11 at home to South Carolina, a much worse team. So that, that was tough for them. But uh, yeah, thanks for uh, listening. Uh, we'll have out more episodes. We'll talk about some of the NFL games this past weekend, the AFC and NFC championships, breaking down those, and we'll put those out shortly. 
But uh, until then, I'm Kobe Wilkerson. This is Hang the Banner Podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening.